Good morning. All right. Um, welcome to Dorsville. Um, if you're visiting with us today uh, for the first time, I'd like to extend a special welcome to you all. Um, and also those of you listening on radio today, uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in uh, to Dorsville. Uh, my name is Jeremy Bennett, and I'm a member here at Dorsville. Uh, and today I'm filling in for our senior pastor, uh, Dwayne Taylor. I got to get situated here. About three weeks ago, as I was walking out that door uh, right over there after church, uh, Dwayne stopped me and he says, Dude, I've got your next preaching gig. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, Memorial Day weekend. I said, why? And he said, I'm going to be God. And he says, I've even got the scripture for you. Um, so if you would, go ahead and put up what I'm speaking on today. It's Ephesians 5, verse 16. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. This is what he gave me. And he says, all you have to do is fill in. I'm looking at my countdown clock, and I've got 42 minutes of filling in time. So I'm going to talk really, really slow today. Um, but anyway, he gave me uh, Ephesians 5.16, and, uh, you know, I know why he wants me to talk about time. Um, Dwayne and I have had several conversations about how I have shared with him how I feel like I have wasted a lot of time as a believer, as a Christian. Um, and as you saw in the video uh, that was just played, uh, Dwayne, he has been preaching on a series of messages targeting the family. Uh, and he's titled it Home Guard. Uh, the first week, he, uh, it, it, went, it goes from Mother's Day to Father's Day. And on the, on the first week, on Mother's Day, he talked about guarding your heart. He used Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Um, and then he said something. Uh, well, I'll get into that in just a second. The second week, last week, he talked about guarding your marriage or your future marriage or relationships. He, he said, uh, he told us what we should look for in a mate and how we should be equally yoked as believers. This week, as you've seen in the video, I get to talk about guarding our time, guarding our time. Uh, and he mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, what do you do with a busy life? How do you balance your time? He also mentioned wasted years uh, and making up for lost time. Those are all things I know a little bit about. And so that's why I'm here today to talk about guarding our time. Now, real quick, just to, as you've seen in the video, next week Dwayne will be back. Uh, come back and listen to him. Uh, he will be teaching next week on guarding your legacy. Uh, the week after that is on guarding your finances. And then finally on Father's Day, 
and this is one that you all won't want to miss, especially the dads. It is on guarding your family. So, guarding your time. Second after second turns into minutes. Minutes after minute turns into hours. Hours after hours turns into days. And day by day turns into years. And then one day you look in the mirror. And you see gray. Or in my case, you see nothing. <laughs> or both. What's left is going gray. And you look at your daughters or your sons and you realize that they are both grown up. And you look at younger people than you and you wish you were young again. As time passes by, we start to sound like our grandparents. Just the other day, I was telling this younger couple in the restaurant, I, I told them, you know, uh, they had a couple of uh, small children with them. I said, man, treasure that time you have with those children because they grow up fast. I can remember my grandmother telling me that out there at her kitchen one day when I had my oldest daughter out there, she said, Jeremy, treasure that time. It really goes by fast. And man, does it ever go by fast. Where does the time go? Well, Brother Tim told us Wednesday night that we sleep a lot of it away. Then there's this question, how much of our time do we waste? And what should Christians do with what time we have left? So today, guarding your time, what does it mean to guard your time? Well, if you look up the definition of guard or guarding, uh, three uh, things come up here. One, it says to watch over, to watch over our time. Another word to describe it is to protect, to protect our time. Or another word is to control our time. Today's scripture is Ephesians 5.16, and it says, Making the most of the time because the days are evil. That's the Holman Christian standard. Uh, King James Version says, Redeeming the time to rescue or to recover our time from waste. To recover or to rescue our time uh, and to, to improve it for great and important purposes. Then when you look at the second part of Ephesians 5.16, uh, Paul says, because the days are evil. Or, reword that a little bit, because the days are full of of sin. The days are full of temptations to sin, which then leads to wasting our time. 
If we go up there to Ephesians, just one verse. Ephesians 5, verse 15, Paul says this. Pay careful attention then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Paul here is talking to you and me. He's talking to Christians. Uh, The title of my Bible is Consistency in the Christian Life. Tells us there, verse 15, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, verse 16, because the days are evil. Paul writes, pay careful attention then to how you walk. If you read verses 15 and 16 together, Paul is saying to the church, He's saying to believers, he's saying to Christians, we must be wise with what time we have left. Now I can, just so happens, I have a good example of what an unwise person, an unwise Christian person looks like. An unwise Christian. Christian person uh, who has not used his time wisely. Now, several years ago, many of you uh, maybe can remember my testimony. And perhaps you can remember when I mentioned uh, being caught up in the world and all that it has to offer. I'm telling you, I was chasing after success for many years of my life. I wanted bigger, and I wanted better. And to have bigger and better of everything, it requires money. And I wanted more money. I'm telling you, I was chasing after a lot of the things that the world says we must have in our life to be happy. And here's the deal. I was willing to work as much as I could to gain it. It was not unusual for me to go in at 7 o'clock in the morning and work until 9 o'clock at night. You know, in my business, most of you here know what I do. Uh, We also do catering, and it was nothing for me to take multiple caterings on a Saturday. I remember one in particular where we had five caterings one Saturday. And... It was in five different locations, and we ended up serving over a 1,000 people in that one evening. And I'm telling you, that was nuts. It was crazy. The people at the restaurant, the employees, the owners, the management, on that particular day, we were all at each other's throats. It was not a good weekend. But you see, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be able to say, we accomplished something that most people can't. We did five. You know, it was about pride. 
and wanting, all these different things. I'm telling you guys that my one of the biggest failures in my life is allowing my job to consume my time. We have to work. I get that. But my goodness, we don't have to work like that. This is the order in which it went in my life. Work or my job was number one. And I made a side note that a lot of my time was spent there. I'm comfortable in saying that family was the number two in my life. However, not much of my time was spent with my family during that time. Unless they came down to the restaurant, I oftentimes didn't see my daughters. And then other things like enjoyment would have been taken the number three spot in my life. And I can tell you I didn't have a whole lot of time to spend there either. Work was consuming me. The idea of what I had to have in order to be happy, bigger, better, all that stuff, more money. And here's the deal. This is why I'm here today. To tell you this, that my Heavenly Father and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, back in this terrible time in my life, I had no time for them. None. We were working seven days a week, and it was all because I was caught up in in what the world says you have to have in order to be happy. So I'm here today to talk about guarding your time because it just so happens I'm a pretty good example of how to waste your time. I've got some good examples in my life. Two weeks ago, Dwayne mentioned six, uh, Matthew 6.21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But there was one thing he said that I wrote on our sermon sheet that's in the bulletin. One thing he said, and I wrote it down because I'm like, mm-hmm, that's true. Was where your heart is, is where you will spend your time. I'm telling you, where your heart is, is where you will spend your time. My heart was all about that restaurant that I manage and trying to be the best. And I've spent way too many years trying to put that as the number one in my life. Now, you know that in 2012, based on my testimony, that in 2012, thanks to God's grace, I started trying to put God first in my life instead of that restaurant. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your heart is, is where you will spend your time, is what Duane said. My heart was at work, 
trying to be successful. So today I'll just have a question. Where is your heart? Or a better question is, where is your time being spent? Another question. How much time do you have left? Ecclesiastes 3 says, To everything there is a season. Everything has a period of time. Ecclesiastes 3.2 says, There is a time to be born and a time to die. And it goes on and it lists all the things that there's a time for. But when I hear Ecclesiastes 3.2 and it says there that there is a time to be born and a time to die, that means we have a beginning and we have an end. For me, June 21st, 1972 was my beginning. And here's the thing. I have no idea when my life will end. I may not see you guys at church tonight. You see, God's in control of that. James 4, verse 14 says, uh, describes our life as a mist. That we are only here for a short period of time. It's, it's like a, a smoke, a fog that is here for a while and gone. Brother Tim used Wednesday night. Uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, where Moses is praying to God and he says, Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days carefully so we may develop wisdom in our hearts. We only have so much time left. How much time do you all have left? When Moses prays to God in Psalm 90, verse 12, Teach us. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. What I hear Moses saying is, help us, Father. Help us to understand that our time on earth is short. Our time is short and help us to walk the remainder of our life. Not as unwise people, as Paul says but as wise people. Father, help me. In the remainder of my days, it may be one day, it may be hundreds of days. I don't know. I can tell you this much. I'm 45 years old, and the life expectancy of men is way less than women. And I probably have spent, I have fewer days ahead of me than what I've already lived. So, if we listen to Moses, man, help me, Father. Help us. Help us to number our days. Help us to understand that we only have what you're going to give us. And we have no clue how much time that is. But during that time, help us to be wise. 
Help us to, to live as wise Christians, not unwise Christians. So Paul says there to the church in verse 15, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Guys, we must wise with what time we have left. How do we walk as wise people? How do we walk as wise Christians? Well, I've mentioned we, we, we gain the wisdom. We gain the wisdom on how to walk as a Christian should when we learn to listen to the Word of God. When we learn to listen to the Word of God, we gain the wisdom in how we should live our lives and when we start applying it to our lives. Verse 16 says, Making the most of the time, I added, we have left. Making the most of the time, we have left. Redeeming it. Recovering the time. Rescuing the time. Verse 17, Ephesians 5. I'll read 15, 16, and 17. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Paul simply says to you and to me, don't be a fool. If Paul was here today, we all know he made all sorts of mistakes. And if he was here today and he was saying this, he would say, don't be a fool like me. Well, guys, I'm standing here before you today and I'm telling you, based on my history, don't be a fool. Like I have been. Don't be a fool like me. But understand. We must understand what the Lord's will is for us. What is the Lord's will for us? Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The Lord's will for us is that He have a relationship with us. It's His will. He wants a relationship with you and me. He wants our time. He wants our time. 
He requires our time. And he wants to be number one in your life. He wants to be number one. You've already heard me say it two weeks ago. Dwayne said, where your heart is is where you will spend your time. If you love God more than anything else, that's where your time will be spent. Where your heart is is where you will spend your time. And Christians, we walk around all the time saying, God is number one. We love him more than our families. We say that all the time. If that is true, that's where we should be spending the majority of our time. And I can tell you for me personally, I have been trying hard. To carve a little more of my time out for the Lord. And when I do that, sometimes there's resistance to it. People don't like it. But I'm trying hard to put God and my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that number one spot. And that's what I'm here today to encourage you to do too. Whatever is your number one Lower it and put God and your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ first. So what do we do? How about we listen to what Jesus has to say? John... Chapter 17, verse 4. This is Jesus, our Lord and Savior, praying to the Father. And this is what he says. This is before death and resurrection and ascension. He says, I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus says, Father, I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, we talked about a timeline. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Jesus' timeline was about 33 years. We know he was born in a manger and he died on a cross for us. And he's praying to the Father that I have glorified you on earth by completing the work that you've given me to do. We know that we are as Christians to be like Christ. So we must bring glory to God just as he did in his earthly uh, human life on earth for 33 years. We must bring glory to God. By our work. What must we do? 
What kind of work? Well, in Matthew 5, 16, again, this is what your Savior says. He says, let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works. And give glory to your Father in heaven. What does letting your light shine, what does it look like? Well, I've got some examples of that. It looks like a family, a young family, who's willing to pack up, sell their possessions, and pack up what they have, and move to Central Asia. And on a daily basis, work hard to win people to the Lord. That's what letting your light shine looks like. On a more local level, First Baptist Church on Thursday night has what they call His Table Ministry. And this last Thursday night was Men on Mission Night. And we had about 15 or 16 men from six different churches up there serving people in need. That's what letting your light shine looks like. Jesus says, let your light shine. Let your light shine before men so they will see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. A much better use of our time. Jesus says to love one another in John 13, verse 35. By this, everyone will know. Everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. That's our work. It's as simple as having love in your heart for your fellow brothers and sisters. It's not hard. It's not hard to let your light shine in an evil world in a world filled with sin. And then here's one of the biggest jobs that we have. And again, Jesus, our Lord, the one that we proclaim to be believers in, He says this, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it is uh, where He tells the disciples, He tells us that we are to go into the world making disciples. We are to go. We are to tell others. Central Asia, Nicaragua, Uganda, across the street. First Baptist Church uptown on Thursday nights.
As Paul said there in Ephesians 5, verse 16. You know, I didn't think I'd be able to fill in that much time, but I'm doing pretty good. Ephesians 5, 16. Uh, he just simply tells us that we are living in an evil world. And that we need to make the most of what time we have left as Christians. Church, it is our time. It is our time. We need to rise up. We need to quit wasting our time on worldly pleasures and treasures. It is our time. We need to unite. I'm telling you, I got emotional talking about Thursday night because when I hear of a group of men coming together from six different churches to serve people, that is a, a, a good example of unity. And I loved it. It is our time. It is our time to tell others about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have a video. It takes a couple of minutes. I want you to watch it. It's a good video. And then after that, I'm going to pray, and then we'll go into our time of invitation. So watch this video. It's our time. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model his unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse, nor muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have, it's now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess the ways we're mangled, the sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy. There's a glorious prize awaiting to be won, and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight, become to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. 
It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the world from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other. We are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure. As long as we give both talents and treasure, the workers are few, the harvest is plenty, with so many lives running on empty. Scores of people trying to cope. They've come to the end of their proverbial rope. Young eyes are wandering, looking for direction. Make sure we point them to His resurrection. The clock's ticking. We're on our dime. Hey, church, rise up! It's our time. It's our time. It's our time to tell others. It's our time to listen to what the Word says and apply it to our lives and live it out. It's our time. And our time as humans is short. And you know, today, if, if you're like me, if, you're, if you've had a lot of wasted years, you know, what got this all started, I think, was I was doing something, and Dwayne said, I want to help, the church wants to help you with it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. And he's like, well, why won't you let the church help? And I said, I am trying to make up for some lost time. And he just smiled. He knew what I was talking about. If, if you're here today and you can relate with that lost time, lost time that we, have, we were supposed to be bringing glory to the Father, but instead we were bringing glory to ourselves, if you're here today and you can relate with that, let me tell you something. When my life changed was at the beginning of 2012, and I say to people today that that was when I rededicated my life to the Lord. Maybe a rededication is what you need to do today. I don't know. Maybe you need to start making better use of your time. Man, I'm trying to. I am still consumed by work and so many things, but I am trying harder than ever to put our Lord first. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, James says your life is like a mist, a vapor. You're only here for a short while you may not have tomorrow. It's our time. What are you going to do with it? Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this day. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to, to share your word. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for not giving up on me and not giving up on those that are here today. 
Father, I, I pray that if anyone here has never made the decision to follow your son, Jesus Christ, that today be that day. When we hear that our, our, our time is limited, that it's like a vapor. Father, may that speak to their hearts and their minds, and may they come to realize that they need to, to make things right. There's people here today that have been like me in the past and have wasted so many years that you blessed us with to bring glory to you, Father. And they know that. And they feel like they need to, to, to rededicate. Man, may this be the time they do that. Father, I cannot thank you enough for this opportunity to share today. All these things I pray in Jesus' name.